Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for our Housing Matters Podcast. My name is Oscar Way. I'm here with Jordan. Hello, everyone. Um, it's been, uh, I think, was I here last time for the podcast? I don't remember. Yep, I think that was you and me. Okay. And... Um, well, it's been two weeks, and we have uh, things to talk about. I was we were going to talk about yesterday. We talked about uh, whether we should look at luxury market, and we were going to go for a luxury market. But I saw that you know there, we have some news this morning. Yeah, uh, big economic news today. Yeah, so I'm going to sneak that in for a couple minutes if if, if you don't mind. Um, the GDP the economic growth for the first quarter's numbers out. Yep. Um, and we have we don't have a very positive number. I mean, we have some. Some growth, but not very uh, encouraging. Not robust, yeah, definitely. I mean, the economy grew, so that's a a good thing. It obviously beats the alternative, but, uh, you know, we've already been in a pretty lackluster growth mode where, you know, really haven't ever gotten above that 3% mark, but for, you know, a handful of times since the recession ended. Uh, But this quarter is actually even worse than than these kind of relatively lackluster quarters that we have been seeing, Um, you know, less than 1% growth, 0.7%. You know, that's uh, kind of a blow in the sense that, you know, especially when you look at folks kind of optimism, business Uh optimism coming out of the out of the election, uh, folks are really hoping for for a big ramp up in growth, and and we just haven't seen that come down the pike yet. So, Absolutely. I mean, what Absolutely. do you think? Uh, some of the the big things, the the kind of red flags in the report were today. Well, you know, you, you said it right. Now, zero point seven percent is nothing to cheer for. I mean, yeah. of course, it's still up, but it's very very low. I mean, typically in the first quarter. I mean, in the last few years, we know that first quarter is you know kind of lackluster. Um, there are many different reasons. Economists use different reasons, yes, you know, to yeah. justify. Sometimes the same economists will have <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, of course, you're saying because of the uh, the warmer weather, yeah, uh, and that's why we're not u- using as much utility service. Uh, I mean, we don't feel much in the Cal- in California. We're somewhat obviously. immune to that here, but right, and but in the East Coast, um, I guess they have a better weather. In terms of uh, temperature, so that's one of the reasons why uh, GDP growth is not uh, as high as anticipated. I think most many economists expected at least like one percent, yeah. maybe one point two percent. But the Atlantic Fed actually have had an even worse um, prediction. Oh, we actually think, ended up seeing. I think they were predicting maybe point two, point three percent. Yeah. And I know you you have seen some Atlantic Fed stuff. They usually are more on the. Uh, uh, they tend to be more pessimistic, pessimistic right? um, but they've you know been pretty right for the better part of the last couple of years. So I always pay attention to that one as well. Yeah. It's also really transparent because they show you where their their growth number comes from. You know, depending True. on the different releases. So no, I definitely think the seasonal factors play a role. I mean, going back, I think the last three or four years, the first quarter. Uh, has been consistently weak every uh-huh. every year for the past couple of years, which does suggest there's some kind of um, statistical anomalies being baked in to right. that number. But there's also some stuff, I think, on the consumer side, which is more, I think, legitimate and, and potentially more concerning for the short, medium term. Very true. I mean, consumer spending only went up by 0.3% in the first quarter, which is which was very, very weak compared to in the fourth quarter of last year, yeah. it was 35 You know, that was very, very encouraging. And of course, consumer spending 
um, we we kind of knew that it's it's coming. Right. Uh, retail sales have been pretty weak for the first couple months of the uh, year, yep. and so we expected you know a slow uh, consumer spending. I actually didn't expect it to be 0.3. I thought it would be a little bit higher, maybe just one uh, percent or maybe sure. slightly lower than one percent. Um, but at the same time, also, I think last couple quarters we thought you know inventories kind of coming back. Right. Uh, but it seems like uh, it, it did a dive. I shouldn't say die, but dipped a little bit in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, by 0.9 percent uh, or so. Um, and as far as investment is concerned, yeah, we have some. We we're seeing a little bit of uptake in uh, private investment. Yeah, 4.3 is not is not bad. But uh, whether that will continue, you kind of have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that I'm concerned about. You know, consumer spending has really been. Um, you know, carrying most of the water for this uh-huh. expansion, um, really been the the vast majority of the growth has been driven by consumer spending since 2010. Really, um, you know, business investment did step up this quarter and kind of um, offset some of the weakness in consumer spending. But I think you hit the nail on the head when when you asked, you know, how much can this be sustained? You know, on the consumer side, I think that's going to continue to stay fairly soft, right? We've been running uh, record levels of auto sales for the last uh-huh, couple of years. I think true. we sold almost 17 million cars last year, um, give or take. And and those are long-term durable goods purchases, right? You're not going to maintain a 17 million unit pace um, consistently for five, six years, year after year. So I think that, um, you know, we've gone out and satisfied a lot of that pent-up demand for those cars that we never bought when the economy was bad now we've gone out and everybody's kind of updated their vehicle i think that that phase of the cycle is now behind us and and business investment did step up last quarter you know they mentioned the the oil prices being Uh something that that kind of encouraged frackers to get back to business um but you know when you look at things like capacity utilization and things like that i mean you know industry right now still only using 70 you know 67 70 percent of capacity compared to 70 80 percent uh back in the 90s and and so i think that that raises the question of you know how much money are businesses going to keep throwing at capital when you know you're not butting up against your kind of capacity constraints right now and so as much as i love to see this jump in in business investment you know, I just don't see them using all their resources to the max right now to the extent that they're going to need to go out and continue to purchase. Very true. And, of course, you know, all the optimism that we have talked about and who knows, there could be, you know, there could be a, 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 an increase in uh, investment if, let's say, we have a tax break. Yeah, I mean, that was the big news this week, right? We got the big news about rolling down the corporate tax rate from 35 to 15, and, and you know, maybe folks are, are getting more optimistic. We know the, the business sentiment numbers do suggest that folks are really optimistic about things, and that was even before this tax plan got rolled out. So I guess uh, that could be a shot in the arm that might get folks off. Definitely. This, off but end. something to be concerned about also, of course, we're already in the second quarter. So the the uh, increase in investment probably, if there is a tax break, probably won't happen until you know second half of the year, maybe even 2018. But there, another concern that I think we should take a look at is, um, let's see, if we do have a government shutdown, then we might have a little bit of a hiccup right. in terms of government spending. So that might be something to be concerned about. Um, hopefully, we're not going to have a shutdown, but uh, if we do, then of course it, it's going to affect Q2. Um, also, a couple of things, uh, a couple of additional things that I want to mention is you mentioned about you know auto sales. Very true, auto sales. 
uh, it looks like it's going to uh, uh, kind of taper off a little bit yeah, unless we out. have that flying car. I don't know when that flying car is going <laughs> to come out. Uh, if we have that flying car before the end of the year, who knows? Maybe auto industry will boost up. Although I saw it without the roll cage, and that, <laughs> that still scares me somewhat. <laughs> yeah, Being I know. a little naked up there. I know. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I think, you know, this is, is nothing to get, you know, panicked about. Right. But I think it, it suggests that, you know, we're a long ways off still from getting that acceleration up to 3 or 4% growth, um, you know, just because of some of those headwinds. So I think the good news is the economy is moving. You look at the forecasters who updated their stuff today after this GDP release, and they are expecting things to ramp up uh, right. in the second quarter. And so I think that you know it's just going to be essentially more of the same from an economic standpoint, this kind of slow, relatively unimpressive growth. Um, still progress, so we'll take it, but uh, not really rocketing us back above these kind of long-run trend lines. Yeah, and typically in the second quarter, we see two to between 2 to 3% growth. Probably will you know with will be within that range possibly. Yeah. Um, and most likely, you know, we'll see some. This is an advanced uh, release. So in the next few weeks, when we see a second release uh, on the first quarter number, it probably will be adjusted upward. I think. But you know, we will see. We'll, we'll wait see. and see. Yeah. So, so now let's you know, move into a luxury market. Shift we gears. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last last week or last uh, podcast we talked about. Uh, shifting into uh, the spring buy- home buying season with repeat buyers buying homes, but let's go a little bit more extreme. You know, not just repeat buyers, but you know those buyers that might be buying high end homes. Yeah, um, we know that high end homes. Um, if you take a look at sales in terms of sales in general, we're seeing not necessarily luxury market, but in terms of high end home, higher price home, they seem to be doing a little bit better. Uh, what about the luxury market? I know you have done some work. Before before we talked about the specific statistics, I know you created some dashboards on our website as well. Yeah, I will definitely use this opportunity to shamelessly promote <laughs> our new uh, interactive dashboards that we're really excited to bring you guys. Um, you know, showing the the kind of dynamics that are happening in the luxury market right now. It's actually uh, up on our website now at car.org. Uh, slash market data slash interactive and there you'll find a bunch of our new interactive tools that we've created to hopefully make these data pieces that we talk about on a regular basis a little bit more accessible uh, uh-huh. take some of the intimidation factor out of working with data we've kind of done all the spreadsheet work and and stuff like that on the back end uh-huh. and so you can go out to these portals and just kind of look at fun pictures and click around and interact with them uh, without having to have any you know crazy Excel background, but still be able to kind of get the value of the data. And so one of the ones that we did is is on the high-end market, like uh-huh. you said, and, and some of the benefits, I think, of this one is that, you know, when I go out and do outreaches across the state, I think we talk about high-end homes, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, a million plus homes has always traditionally been a, a cutoff for when you read reports on the quote-unquote luxury market and things like that and and we use that for for a while and actually when i would go out and do outreach events you know they'd say oh that's that's great but in my area a million bucks doesn't translate into a quote unquote you know luxury home right, in right. in san francisco as an example where the median price is 1.3 million dollars uh-huh. uh you know 60 percent of the people's homes are worth more than that so that's <laughs> right. not um you know uh, a luxury home quote unquote and so 
uh, with these interactive tools, you're actually able to define what luxury means to you. Um, so you can set it at 1 million plus if you want, or you can go even higher, 3 million plus, 5 million plus. Um, you can go to ultra luxury, like 10 million plus. And, and so that's one of the things that we're excited about. And also just the ability to, um, you know, drill down geographically. So that's one of that's the great. other big criticisms. And I'm sure you hear this. You oh, know, yeah. all the time. I'm from San Diego and you do a talk down in San Diego and you go, hey, here's what's happening in, in you know, San Diego County overall. And then, you know, you get my buddies in the in the crowd that are like, yeah, but out in East County where we're from, you know, things are a lot different or in La Jolla where I live, you right. know, it's a much different market. And so um, we've also added in the capabilities, not just to define what price range is luxury for you, uh, but to drill down within your county. So you can go down to San Diego and then look at, you know, specifically at La Jolla or even an individual zip code in La Jolla that you might be interested in. Or my buddies from East County can drill down and, and see what's happening out in El Cajon type of area. So that's great. It's a really fun tool. And, and that's what, you know, I'm using to, to kind of bring some of these fun market stats. And, and you know, in terms of million dollar plus homes, um, the first of the year, the beginning quarter of the year really did get off to a, a pretty strong start. In fact, uh, the number of homes sold for uh -huh. over a million bucks was up by 17%. So that's double wow. digit growth, right? And that's a statewide number, right? That's a statewide number, definitely. And, and it's actually even better than what we saw overall, right? I think when we did our report last month, uh, home sales are up about five and a half percent for the first quarter of the year. Um, so actually the 1 million plus area is doing even better than, than just home sales in general. That's, that's quite impressive. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, when we when we talk, talk about you said it earlier, luxury market may be a little different. You know, depending on where you're at, um, and and I know you know if you take a look at San Francisco, for example, San Francisco is 1.3, as you said earlier. San Francisco may not necessarily have as uh, as much as strong a uh, sales in in the first quarter of 17.2 percent. Right. Um, but if you take a look at, I did a little bit of uh, drilling down myself. Correct me if I'm wrong. For the three million plus. Um, I have, it's also very strong. It's up also 16.7 or uh, close to 17%. Yeah. Definitely. So it does prove that the luxury market, quote unquote, luxury market is doing very, very well. Um, and I don't have a number for the private prior years. Um, I do believe that in the prior years, we it might even be stronger. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at the one million plus, I think that you know it's it was strong in the first quarter of the year, um, but last year was also a really good year for the luxury market. And I think the other thing that I would you know kind of caution against is is over interpreting, and this is where maybe the uh -huh. dashboard comes into. Uh, into play, but I think what we're seeing in this kind of one million plus price segment is is somewhat of a of a shift in the mix of sales. So, Definitely. You know, we saw that the Bay Area did particularly well. Um, you know, relative to what it has been doing, it was a bigger part of the growth statewide than it has been um, recently. And and so again, those are just areas with a higher concentration of million dollar homes. Um, and so I don't want to read too much into the seventeen percent growth as being you know truly representative of the luxury market overall, because I think it's also just a function of the fact that the Bay Area finally started to sell some homes in the first quarter of this year. Right. When you actually look at, at slightly higher price ranges, like $5 million and up, 
what you find is that all of that 17% growth was concentrated in those kind of one to $5 million properties. Okay. Um, when you actually go up to 5 million plus, you see that actually statewide, the market was pretty much flat. It was down about 1.3% okay. uh, in the first quarter of the year. So, you know, it, it was really those kind of higher end, I think owner occupant type houses that drove the growth in our quote unquote luxury segment. And in fact, when you look at, um, you know, when you limit it to just homes that are above $10 million, which is really the, the kind of highest of the high end, those were actually down by 16%, so down by double digits. And so again, um, you know, I think that that those high income earners, you know, the, the Silicon Valley type folks, the folks with six figure incomes have driven demand for these million plus homes. Um, but at the very high end, I think you're seeing like the investor and the people who are buying really expensive vacation properties or maybe foreign buyers. Um, the demand from that segment for those really, really high end homes uh, does seem to be cooling down. And that's really backed up by some of these other statistics that we bring into the dashboard for you in terms of, you know, time on market has uh -huh. gone up a lot. I think, you know, when you look at um, 10 million plus, the average time on market in the first quarter was like 175 days. So um, that's really stretched oh, okay. out fairly long. And I think even 5 million plus, you're looking at about 150 days, 115 days on market on average, um, which is, you know, ramped up for the last three quarters in a row. So not only do we see sales cooling down at that very top end, um, but you're starting to see things stay on the market a little bit longer and you're starting to see the the kind of early signs of some discounting right where sales to list price ratios are actually um, dipping into the low 90s at this point in time true true just to add to it a little bit you're right you know a um, couple of things that the 10 million plus for example of course we probably will see because of the number of observations we will see some a little bit more volatility in those in the 10 million plus no doubt of number of observations but also <laughs> At the same time, um, for the 10 million plus, yes, it, it, it does look like you know it has a uh, much longer time on market. Typically, though, the 10 million plus could have, or 5 million plus could have um, a little bit longer time than uh, normal. So uh, we may not want to use the 30 days time on market as the benchmark, yeah. but still, using a 90 days, for example, as a benchmark is still higher than that 90 days ben benchmark. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, th I think the, uh, the, the higher end owner driven market is, uh, you know, still in relatively good shape. I also think the first quarter number was pumped up by the fact that these guys aren't immune to um, the effect of interest rates either. Right. True. And so the prospect of higher rates coming down the pike, um, you know. I think when we talked about our, our kind of spring home buying season podcast, we talked about how that was, you know, the decision and why we call it a spring home buying season is, you know, driven by families and, and considerations about when to get into school and how to work that in around vacations and jobs and things like that. I think the uh, the luxury or the high-end buyers are a little bit more flexible from that standpoint. Um, and so I think, you know, both good time to buy during an off season and also uh, with the expectation that rates are going to go up it makes sense to get in now and I think that's why that one to five million is still doing uh, pretty well at this point in time and also just the fact that the Bay Area started to come back um, but you know I do worry about the the ultra high end just because you know it's been doing well for for a number of years actually you know as much as it's down in the first quarter last year it was rising by double digit percentages even in the 10 million plus category and so I think you know, might be similar to the, the car situation where folks have kind of sated that appetite for those very, very high-end homes. 
Also, it doesn't help, I think, the prices have gone up pretty substantially, right? I think that luxury buyers don't mind spending a bunch of money to get a, a good product, but I've said this before, you know, I think that what they do mind is, is getting ripped off, and there might be some concerns that prices have gotten to, uh, you know, a pretty high level. Definitely, and I think another concern is, of course, a lot of, depending on what areas you're in, so, for example, if you're in uh, Orange County, or let's say uh, Irvine, or maybe in San Marino, they tend to have uh, a lot of Chinese buyers. Definitely. And Chinese buyers, in the last few months or so, if you ask some of the realtors, um, they'll probably say, uh, it seems like you know at a high end, we are seeing uh, a fewer number of sales, partly because of the restrictions and um, capital inflow from from China. No doubt, that's capital a great point. From China. Yeah. So it is possible um, uh, as long as the situation is still kind of unsettled, uh, this year we may see a little bit of um, a drop, uh, a dip in sales in high end in San Marino, or maybe in uh, Orange County, uh, uh, Irvine, possibly in some areas in um, the Bay Area as well. Yeah, because China does seem to be really trying to crack down on that at this point. Right, and also uh, at the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of the year, maybe uh, in the last few months or so, there might be some uncertainty between the U.S. and China. <laughs> um, it seems like things have softened up a little bit, um, but I would say this: um, this most likely is not going to be as far as the Chinese situation or China situation is concerned. Yeah. Most likely, be, it'll be a short term. People would figure out how to get the money out and and, and get here. Definitely. So I think there's uh, a will, there's a way. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, just uh, quick. Wanted to run down some just. You know, quick regional stats uh-huh. because I think that uh, not all markets were created equal. But you know, if you look at the five million plus that true luxury segment, um, you know, Orange County is actually still driving the show. Um, we had you know more than twice as many really high end luxury homes sold in Orange County as we did anywhere else last quarter. Um, but you know, LA also was growing. Santa Clara, San Francisco also grew um, both by double digit percentages as well. So it's uh, it's the kind of core markets when you think of luxury you know it's that core bay area core southern california um you know one of the interesting things that i did note was the central coast seems to Uh be losing a bit of steam santa barbara in particular which is you know traditionally a pretty strong luxury market i think they've got um, both high prices and also in montecito i think it's you know one of the most exclusive neighborhoods that there is uh in the state we actually saw uh, a double digit decline in really high-end homes in in santa barbara as well so um, not all markets were created equal, um, and I think those ones that were really driven by, you know, really high-end job growth and high-wage jobs um, just have have done a little bit better in terms of growing their their luxury market than ones that are more uh, kind of tourism or or, or relaxation right. type focus. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, we're still looking at you know just one quarters throughout the year. We'll have more updates, and we'll see you know what the luxury market is doing. Uh, we'll continue to do better. We'll continue to do well. And, and actually now we've got this interactive tool, so you can go keep an eye right. on this yourself, and we update this every quarter, but you can uh, poke around, click around on your county, drill down to individual zip codes. We also hope this is helpful um, if you're branching out into new markets that you don't necessarily work in all the time, that you can maybe, you know, A, have realistic conversations during listing presentations. We give you ranges about, you know, sales to list prices and, and what kind of price per square foot people are getting at the high and low end Very and things good. like That's that. Good. So hopefully give some strategic value in terms of where to set those list prices or how to come in with offer prices, um, knowing what discounting looks 
looks like and just being able to show you different geographies maybe that you don't work in um, that way you can kind of be the market expert even if it's your kind of first transaction in this new area so uh, hope it really helps but uh, we're, we're excited to hear any feedback that you have as well and um, just to uh, mention a couple of things I think before we go on to additional statistics you will probably will be doing uh, maybe a webinar or a um, little tutorial uh, eventually, right? Definitely, yeah. So two things on that front, because I know that as much as we've tried to make this very user-friendly, I think the, the first couple times you interact with these things, it'll take some learning, no doubt. So we're going to both po post some short videos right alongside the dashboards and just give you a quick how-to, you know, how to interact, how to drill down to your geography and things like that. Um, and then at the end of May, we're going to schedule a webinar where we go through these things in more detail and give you the opportunity to ask questions and things like that. So uh, stay tuned for those. I think we already posted the um, the invite for our next Facebook Live on sales and prices. That's right. And and the following webinar right after that, I think, will be this one where we teach you how to use some of these new tools that we put up for you. That's great. Now let's uh, continue on a little bit. Uh, we talked about sales and we talked about price. What about um, on the uh, inventory side? And the inventory side, I think, for luxury home sales, it may actually it may not be as bad as what we uh, have been seeing for the overall market. Yeah, I know. We've been talking forever, it seems like, about the three months of supply and just how you know big of a problem supply is. But I think uh, you know that's really a function of how tight it is for first-time buyers and at the bottom end of the market for those affordable homes. Exactly. Um, you actually have unsold inventory by price range, is that? Yes, I do. I don't have it right uh, in front of me, but... And in terms of the overall market, you know, we talked about this overall market dropped twelve percent. Right. Um, and but for the um, the in the first quarter for listings of three million plus, for example, uh -huh. it actually went up by four percent. Oh wow. Instead of go down, it went up by four percent. Wow. For the one million plus, again, I don't have it in front right in front of me. I think it, I believe it's a positive number as compared to the one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, and below, or three hundred thousand. Those were all dropping by double digit. Yeah. So you know you see a significant contrast between the uh, below um, five hundred, below million price, and uh, the above uh, the luxury end. So luxury end definitely, you know, when we take a look at individual uh, major, uh, major metropolitan area or yeah. major region. Bay Area again for three million plus it was up uh, four point six percent, and Southern California was up five point two percent for the three million plus. So we definitely are seeing some um, increase in, uh, in listing listings, least, right? Which and might support my hypothesis that folks are are thinking that prices have gotten up to a pretty high uh, level and maybe trying to cash in on those values. Now. You're absolutely right. You know, sellers maybe uh, still very optimistic, but of course, you gotta take it with a grain of salt too. Sellers. Even though they're willing to, you know, jump into the market and put in the mar put their house up on the market, it's possible that some sellers may be a little bit too optimistic and price up their price a little bit higher. So, and that's why we see those sales to list prices dipping down, is that they're uh, getting a little bit ahead of the market. Exactly, and that's you know why we need you know our members to be realistic with sellers. You know, keep them informed and let them know that you know they need to uh, price it right to get it out, get the uh, sales out. Uh, faster than the 120 days that we we uh, we have been reporting. Got it. Well, all the more reason for me to promote this tool for you guys to get out there and have the facts at hand, so you can kind of um, be that market expert and make the right decision for your clients. Definitely, and uh, folks, definitely take a look at those uh, 
those tools. Uh, we're excited we're, about them, and uh, we're happy to make tweaks based on feedback. So don't hesitate to reach out. Definitely. Now, again, you know, this is just the first quarter. I'm sure we will be reporting more of the luxury home sales trend uh, in the future. Um, it may not necessarily be a separate podcast, but we definitely will de- will talk about luxury market uh, when we see fit. You know, in the next upcoming podcast or so. Yep. Now that we've got those data at our fingertips, we'll be talking about it whenever it's relevant for you guys. Great. Thank you for tuning in again, and until next time. See you, everyone. All right. Bye bye.